0: Hello!
2: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought. This is the podcast that's on a mission to equip you all with the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. You pick and choose what you consume, what you listen to, and apply it in a way that works for you because we are all unique. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, Sunday Times best selling author, and founder of the Harley Street Clinic Retrition, and of course, the evidence based supplements company Retrition Plus. In each of these episodes, we have incredible guests who are at the forefront of their fields, who will be giving us the trusted advice, that's what we all need, and answering your burning questions, which, let's be honest, in nutrition, the questions seem to be never ending these days. Now, this series combines some of the many highlights over the years, and I hope will continue to support your nutrition and well-being. There are endless supplements out there to take. Gosh, I mean, many of them are questionable. But knowing what to take and the right dose is, of course, understandably, a really hard task. The debate goes on as to whether we need them at all. But evidence does show that for most of us, it can be imperative. So... This week's Food for Thought details all the do's and don'ts for supplementing, what to watch out for, and believe me, there's a lot when you delve into the world of supplements and advertising. For instance, did you know that anybody can actually create a supplements company? It's quite scary. So we unearth if it's really needed for optimum health and performance. I now chat to Sophie Medlin, who's a registered dietitian, and we discuss which supplements you should be taking, why and when. And We, of course, include vitamin D, things like B12, omega-3, calcium, folic acid, the bio- availability and the importance of the absorption and not to forget busting those sports supplements we're so lucky to have you i think we should jump right in with the fact that i mean supplements what a minefield and i guess the quality of them so they'll vary won't they Of the vitamins and minerals so how do how do people know which ones are superior
3: yeah it's it's a difficult world and the thing to remember and we'll perhaps touch a bit more on this later is that anyone can decide tomorrow to make a vitamin supplement and the manufacturers will be only too happy to do that for you. So we see lots of celebrities and influencers starting their own mm. supplement ranges with no checks by any healthcare professionals or anyone with any qualifications about whether that's safe and the doses is right or anything like that. So we just need to have an awareness that it really is the Wild West and mm-hmm. you do need to have an objective view over it. So a couple of things for consumers to look out for would be who's on the team designing supplements? Do they look like someone trustworthy, someone who is qualified to do so and someone who you think you would you know, reliably take nutrition advice from? And secondly, look for telltale things like bulking agents and other things that you think perhaps might not, might, you might not want to be in your supplements. So we often see things like chalk and talc and all sorts of different bulking agents in supplements. And particularly if they're at the top end of the ingredients list, that tells you that that, that supplement is mostly filler, mostly bulking agent. And so you're not getting a lot of good quality active in there. So those are a couple of things to look out for. But it is really difficult for general consumers to figure out which supplements are are better quality and less good quality.
2: There are supplements that actually we are advised to take, aren't there? So if you don't mind, us giving a little run through on those and, and the benefits, Sophie, that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So really importantly, particularly in the autumn and winter in the UK, we all need to be taking vitamin D supplementation. Um, And the government guidelines are pretty low in terms of dose and you can feel free to come up a little bit from there if you want to. But ultimately, it's really important that we all take vitamin D supplementation in the UK between October and April. And that is because we just don't get enough vitamin D from sunlight during the winter months. Really, really importantly, the more melanin you have in your skin, so the darker your skin, the more you need to supplement vitamin D. So the less vitamin D you can absorb from sunlight. So if you are of darker skin, you definitely need to be taking vitamin D all year round in the UK because we just don't get the the level of sunlight and we don't live the sorts of lifestyles that enable us to get enough sun on our skin in order to make sure that we're getting enough vitamin D. And of course that affects all sorts of things from our ability to maintain muscle mass, to our immunity and all sorts of things in between. So vitamin D is really crucially important. And so we do need to be taking that all year round, particularly if we have darker skin, but certainly during winter months for people who are of lighter skin. Um, The other things that I think There aren't general any blank, in general, any blanket recommendations on any other supplements that we should be taking. But if you are someone who's cutting out food groups, so for example, Mm. if you're moving to more towards a vegan diet, for example, you do need to be thinking about those B vitamins, particularly vitamin B12, because it's just not available. And I always recommend that anyone who's not having two portions of oily fish a week is taking omega-3 because we are learning more and more about how vital that is for our overall health, short term and long term, um, and how many benefits there are. And I would suggest in the next few years, we will have some clearer government guidelines on that.
2: And I guess we should also touch on some other population groups because a lot of people listening will say, oh, well, you know, my my grandma takes takes x y and z and of course if you're pregnant then folic acid is so important there's there's a lot isn't there also to consider with supplements
3: yeah absolutely so there's lots of different kind of individual groups that definitely will need supplementation so as we get older really really important to take care of our bone health and so calcium supplementation becomes more important there. I mean, it's always important, particularly if you've cut out dairy, but it's generally more important as we get older. Um, And then when we're pregnant, folic acid, incredibly important for helping to make sure that the baby's nervous system forms properly and we don't end up with problems that can cause physical and mental disabilities. So folic acid during pregnancy is really vital, even in the preconception stage. And it's an interesting Thing, isn't it Rhiannon because men's bodies kind of stay roughly the same so it's really easy mm. to talk about men's requirements because they're pretty <laughs> much the same through their whole life but with women we have these complex life stages and postmenopausal and premenopausal and all these different phases where our nutritional needs fluctuate significantly so supplementation then becomes more important at different stages of our lives
2: how do the bioavailability of supplements vary then Sophie because there's a lot of discussion on should you be taking a spray or a pill that sort of thing yeah,
3: great question. So there, it varies enormously from in lots of different ways. So for example, the quality of the nutrients that are put into the supplement in the first place vary hugely. And the lower the quality of the, of the nutrients put in there, the less you're going to absorb from them, essentially. So we know the highest bioavailability of various different supplement forms. And then they're often not in those kind of particularly those high street brands. Those are the ones that are generally lowest quality, unfortunately. And that's because in order mm. to get them on the shelves in Boots or in Tesco's, they have to really get that price point right down. And then the second thing to think about is the the presentation, as you say. So whether it's a spray, we now have transdermal skin patches of various different things, or whether it's a capsule. And I know one of the big capsule companies, they... um, they are using technology to try and make sure that the vitamins don't, you don't get a repeating effect from having the vitamin, So you don't burp and taste it, which is unpleasant for people. Mm-hmm. But that means that some of the nutrients that are inside there are not going to be absorbed because they're not being released at the site of nutrient absorption, which is in mm-hmm. the stomach or in the duodenum for some of these nutrients. So
0: yeah. even
3: if you're spending a premium and you think you're getting something that sounds really good, ultimately, if they haven't got the right people on the team to say, well, iron is absorbed in your stomach and duodenum. So if you've encapsulated it and you can't absorb it, it's not released until your jejunum. No. You're not going to absorb it. And just it, so people
2: um, understand, them. we're talking about the intestine. So du- duodenum, um, jejunum, all these, t- just these names. We're just talking about the process of the digestive system, basically. And I guess we see a lot in the Retuition Clinic with sports supplementation. We will have athletes coming to us saying, I've been told to take, and they'll have a huge list. And yes, some sports supplements are so important, but perhaps you can give a little breakdown here on why why they need to be so careful.
3: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we see it as well, um, particularly in people who've been to alternative medicine practitioners Mm -hmm. and have been sold a load of supplements directly where the practitioner is getting a backhander from those supplements so really there's no objectivity there it's all financially driven which is always a worry mm-hmm. but I think you know with those sports nutrition supplements and things like that again it's about having a a view on how many processed foods you're adding into your diet that have got a health halo so do you really need them or do you need some natural yogurt or something that's actually going to have the same amount of protein but from a more natural food source and where you're also going to get the benefits or, or the other benefits of that of the food itself the
2: calcium the phosphorus you're not just getting and you're absorbing it all
3: (laughs) exactly and I think that the challenge we have is that we all do lead busy hectic lives these days and people do have these aesthetic goals or their sports goals in terms of achieving a particular time on something or whatever it might be or they might be professional athletes and in that case I think it's really important to get that really specialist nutrition advice on what Mm. you should and shouldn't be doing in order to get yourself there, because we do run the risk of pumping our bodies full of things that are really not going to help us in any way, Um, but also that are very expensive and, you know, can disrupt your digestion and all sorts of different things. So in terms of sports nutrition, there are some things that we know are really helpful for most people most of the time, but that's not necessarily going to be exactly right for you. And the best kind of sports nutritionists and personal trainers I know a sort of list of maybe four or five things they recommend to most of their clients most of the time but it's certainly not a list as long as your arm and it's not bags and bags of
2: protein powder and things like that next up is jenna hope a lovely registered nutritionist and friend of mine and we discussed the fact that supplements should be regulated more what about common deficiencies such as anemia and becoming aware and making more informed choices and of course what about side effects is there too much of a good thing I think supplements are something that working as a nutritionist in this field are not really going anywhere. And if we could start by discussing, are they doing more harm than good?
4: So I think in some cases, they can be doing more harm than good. Um, you know, they come in such a variety of ways now. They come in pills, they come in liquids, they come in drops, they come in gummies, even. Um, and <laughs> And I think the doses aren't very well regulated. The quality isn't very well regulated. And actually, if you're having enough of that nutrient in your diet and you're supplementing on top of that unnecessarily, that can be causing more harm than good. And therefore, you would be at risk of increased toxicity as well.
2: Gosh, so actually, ultimately, we know that there's probably more cons than pros. But we know we can discuss this. We know they have a place. But how do supplements work in the body then compared to the nutrients we would eat in food?
4: Okay, so when we are eating food, often they contain nutrients with what we call their cofactors. So essentially that's like their friends that help the nutrients to be absorbed. When you're taking a supplement, often those cofactors are actually removed and therefore you don't have that ability to help aid the absorption of the nutrient so I think that's the first thing to be aware of and secondly often because they might be synthetic you might need a higher dose of them and so that's why sometimes you look at the back of the supplement packet and actually it says 100 or 200 300 percent more of the rni when really if you were to be consuming that from food you wouldn't need quite so much and I
2: think this is when it gets confusing because a lot of my clients they'll go away and they'll They'll buy a box of supplements on the internet. Now, often these supplements have perhaps come from another country, and then you've got a complete different way of measuring things.
4: Absolutely, and I think the supplement industry is so poorly regulated let's say but you're not necessarily 100% sure on what you're buying and I think even when you're buying it on the internet that's when it's most dangerous because you don't know how reliable these brands are you don't know the science to support what's actually in that supplement essentially you're taking a pill or a liquid formula and you're just hoping that it is what it says on the tin but There's no guarantee, really, unfortunately, that that is the case.
2: Well, Jenna, if we could touch on the fact that obviously some people will need them, but what are the real dangers? We've kind of raised the red flag of, oh, actually, these are not always safe. What are some of the possible side effects?
4: So, for example, um, you can get, um, irritable gut symptoms you can get headaches you can get fatigue you can get exhaustion constipation diarrhea um, there's a wide range of, of side effects and then it even goes into sort of more severe side effects in in serious cases people are sometimes hospitalized for taking these supplements because they quite simply don't know what they are um, and actually there was a really interesting 10-year study that looked at 63 um, different hospital emergency departments and they found Twenty-three thousand cases over the 10 years of um that people have been emitted off the back of taking supplements and then the number one actually came from multivitamins and unspecified supplements
2: oh my goodness
4: yes absolutely shocking so we tend to think oh we'll take we'll buy this off the shelf because it's not going to do any harm even if it doesn't do very much good it's not going to do me much harm But actually, we don't know what's in these products. And I really just want to highlight that it can be so, so dangerous. So that's not to scare the listeners at all, but it's just to make them more aware because you wouldn't go into a chemist and buy medication off the shelf. So therefore, really, we shouldn't be going into a chemist or into a health shop and buying supplements off the shelf.
2: Perhaps one thing we can really reiterate is we need to get more savvy at reading what's in the food that we purchase and we buy. Now, obviously, reading labels is quite deceptive, doesn't always give the full picture, but it would help if we could understand a lot of the words because surely in the back of the packets, there's lots of different words for sugar, for instance.
4: Definitely, and I think also when it comes to nutrients. So, for example, sometimes a food might have added ascorbic acid and we might think, oh, we can't have that because we don't know what that is. There's a whole kind of rave around you shouldn't eat something that you don't know what it is how actually, to
2: pronounce that's the phrase isn't exactly, it? exactly yep. that you
4: can't pronounce and actually ascorbic acid is just another word for vitamin C so I definitely think that we should learn to read labels we should learn to understand what's in our food but we're never taught that so mm-hmm. you can't blame people you know we're not blaming you for struggling to understand labels because marketing and food companies are becoming more and more clever with the way in which they're marketing these products. They're making it more difficult to read labels, more difficult to compare products. And so it's just about trying to gain an understanding where you can. But one thing I do think is that those brands that are worthy and that are good quality and that might be beneficial to those people who need it um, generally tend to have the science back behind them and they're very
2: transparent
4: yeah so definitely look for that if you have been advised to take a supplement then make sure that you are getting it from a brand that has got enough science behind it and often those brands are, are happy to help you and happy to speak to you direct um, and I think that's really important and
2: look out for disclaimers on their websites. little things that will literally be saying this isn't a guarantee of xyz but that this is recommended for this, that they'll have done their research and on the subject of words you can't pronounce. I think a good example we touched on is fortified um, plant-based milks. A lot of people are very scared of additional extras that they see. But actually, these words a lot of the time are beneficial things. And this is a case where supplementation is beneficial, isn't it?
4: Definitely. So, for example, you might see riboflavin on the back packet of your milk. Um, but actually, it's just B vitamins. So I think it's really important to be aware of what you are what you are consuming um, and not fear those foods either. If you're not sure, plug them into Google. You know, most people carry a phone around nowadays. Just put it into Google and it will tell you exactly what you are consuming.
1: But there
2: are cases where supplements are necessary. Um, Let's touch on why the winter months, for instance, we're told in the UK to supplement.
4: Definitely. So vitamin D um, is one of the nutrients that we are recommended to supplement within the winter months. And that's 10 micrograms a day. And that's because vitamin D largely comes from the sun. It's very difficult to get enough vitamin D from the diet because sources are just so limited. So when you are consuming vitamin D from the sun, when you are consuming vitamin D, it's not necessarily going to be absorbed and utilised. And, you know, in the winter, we just don't have the sun, unfortunately, in the UK. So oh, we're not don't. getting that vitamin D. So
2: it's so important that we do supplement in winter months. So 10 microns in the winter months. And, of course, there's also other things to consider. So when I was looking at vitamin D... Something I hadn't really thought about as much was if you are elderly, you're not getting outside as much as well now. Um, Different ethnicities, different skin colours, different gorgeous, rich tones that don't absorb the sunlight in the same way. They've got a natural protective barrier.
4: Definitely. And also things like sun cream. So Mm. if you are even going out in the summer and you think that you're getting your vitamin D but you're plastering up with sun cream that's going to block the absorption of vitamin D from the sun as well.
2: Which is hard because you were told to wear sun cream to prevent skin damage and aging. So there's always different things going on at once. And surprisingly, 30% of the global population has anemia. So in this case, with these be um, individuals taking supplements?
4: So in cases where you might have a medical condition or a a severe deficiency then I would recommend that you do take supplements but I really want to highlight that this needs to be done under a healthcare professional giving you the appropriate advice. So Particularly when it comes to iron, there can be some side effects, um, and constipation can be one of them, for example. And so, it is very important that you are making sure that you're having enough fibre in your diet, um, and that you're taking the right dose as well. So, definitely, it's not really just a case of oh, I'm feeling a bit tired; I should be supplementing with iron. It's a case of making sure that you've had your blood done to check that that is the case. Because another thing is when you're when you are low on iron, the body is actually very clever, and it will start to increase the amount of iron that it it can absorb from foods naturally. Of course, when you get to a state where it's quite, you're quite severely deficient, that can become a problem and that's potentially where you need to supplement.
2: Now, Lucy Mountain and I have a wonderful conversation here for you all to listen to. We discuss some very popular supplements that are circulating social media at the moment, such as creatine, particularly sports supplementation. Should you be taking protein shakes? This conversation is one not to miss. You and I, Lucy, have done a lot on this. And I think a lot of people assume that if you are working out, you have to take supplements for it to work.
5: Yeah, so I think, I mean, the supplement industry, as you know, is very questionable in general. Um, there's been so much misinformation around uh, supplements because to, to zoom out, what happens or what has happened with social media is that supplement companies will often hire people that look a certain way in order to promote their products and they pay them money and these people promote them and then we have this weird association that in order to look at that that way and have that kind of gym aesthetic you need to be taking these tablets and these vitamins and these pills and that is just not the case um nothing is more important than movement the food you're eating and rest that's it takes the focus away from those things so that in the general is problematic. However, um, I would say for me, obviously I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist. But if someone comes to me and says, "Which supplements would you recommend?" I would say, if you want to, if you are struggling to get enough protein from your actual uh, the food you're eating, a protein supplement can be handy. But by no means is it necessary. I think that that's what it is. I think people tend to think supplements mm. are necessary and you you have to take them but it is an individual thing and in general eating a balanced diet is so boring I know and people hate it because it is boring but eating a balanced diet eating enough fruit and veggies getting that variation in and eating you know some protein every day is the best option first and foremost and then anything else that you might be lacking okay maybe then to supplement but It it can just come from our food, you know?
2: Oh, completely. Food doesn't need to be replaced by a pill or a powder. And a lot of the time, I think it's almost part of the image or the look. Uh, I see them advertised again in a certain type of way. You pick a stereotypically very fit looking, whatever that is in standards of modern society at the moment, individual. And you'll have them posing with a protein shake um, or I don't know, some green concoction in a a can or something. And it's made to look like it will enhance your workout or miraculously provide miracle goals. But a lot of the time, and I end up saying this to my clients, like you said, with protein powder, it's great. And there's nothing wrong with it if it's a good type of protein powder, and it's convenient. But it's not going to suddenly enhance your performance or help you reach your goals alone.
5: Mm, Exactly. Yeah. And you know what, I've I've taken protein for years and I, I love protein and I have I will have a scoop a day, you know, and it, it helps me ensure I'm getting enough and, and I will always kind of champion that. But you know, it it's not a magic it's not magic. It's literally protein is literally just protein, it's supplementing with extra protein. Um, it's not this thing that is gonna transform your physique, it's not this magic supplement or, or concoction that you need to take it's literally just a bit of protein protein in general is great for you know building muscle recover muscle recovery as well um so it is just something there to facilitate if appropriate but it's by no means you know necessary to supplement it for everyone
2: no, exactly, and we've discussed before I mean one of my pet hates is the discussion around b c a a so branch chain amino acids um I, I'm going to let you start on these because they're still everywhere, they are still everywhere. I honestly thought that by now there would be mm. a different approach with this particular supplement This
5: is yeah, so it this infuriates me as well, and I remember I did a post on this maybe i don't know three years ago now And this is at a time where it was even more prevalent than it still is today. Um, And it is literally the reason why people take it is because of influencer culture. It's because these athletes for these sponsors that get paid money to promote these supplements who people who maybe don't truly understand by companies who don't actually understand, um, they are told to shoot content and workout videos whilst drinking BCAAs and incorporating it into their content therefore it creates the impression to gen pop that you need to have bcaas in order to look like that person and it's just not the case you know i i I would say bcaas are only appropriate if potentially you're vegan and you are struggling again to get enough from your diet um but but again it's (laughs) just just get 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 some sleep and eat enough protein and you're fine you don't need to have bcaas um it's redundant and i think it is just born out of this this influencer aesthetic essentially it's this influencer lifestyle that we're watching on within the fitness industry and we're we're watching people jug their iced tea bcaas but really we don't most people don't need it. It's not applicable.
2: No, yeah, exactly. And I think I remember looking at a stat in one of my nutrition textbooks at Union. This was a long time ago that a handful of peanuts gives you the same amount of branched chain amino acids that you get in a supplement drink anyway. And most forms of protein, if you're eating enough throughout the day, you're you're getting those amino acids that you require. Mm -hmm. And then creatine is something else that people often um, talk about. But again, that's really just for professional athletes. So with all this discussion around diet and exercise, um, I mean, would you say, what would be your advice, Lucy, the best advice for creating a good balance?
5: I think so with, with creatine, Again, it's not something that I would recommend my audience to take. It's just again, it's it's not really appropriate. I would say one thing on creatine: it is one of the more researched supplements, and if you are someone who takes their training very seriously, potentially you might want to. I don't know, but again, for me, I I just think let's let's do the basics. We always want to try and do all the funky stuff that really is either not appropriate or you might not be ready for it without actually taking time to do the basics, which are building a, you know, a regular training habits, learning form with your with your exercises you're doing. You know, working on your eating habits, making sure that you know you're building a better relationship with food, and all those, or, and sleeping enough. You know, so I my whole standpoint on things like this, that supplements, including creatine protein I'm more open to chat and and openly recommending because I think to a degree it is more valuable but I just for me I think the supplements it is just it tends to be the big fancy shiny thing that we all want to jump to without actually doing the basics first
2: yeah no of course I completely agree and the basics for most people I mean if you're looking at um working out and you're doing perhaps more than the average person then you do need to really look at making sure that you're not going to be deficient in the amount of protein or carbs and again on, on the podcast food for thought we do have individual episodes all about protein all about carbs so you know kind of what you're doing thank you all for contributing to feed for thought If you're enjoying Food for Thought, you're going to love what's coming up next. So if you don't subscribe, make sure you do. It's the way that it just pops up on your phone. You get a notification and you'll be the first to hear it each Monday. It would also be amazing if you are a fan of Food for Thought that you could kindly leave us a review. These reviews do actually make a huge difference and they can help us, of course, reach more people and get the information out there to those that need it the most. If you're looking, of course, as well, for more information about perhaps my latest book, Deliciously Healthy Pregnancy, uh, the Retrition Clinic for one-to-one nutrition advice and healthy recipes, then just head on over to retrition.com where everything's there in one place. We also have some fabulous evidence-based blogs that are updated weekly, and you can also subscribe to our newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday morning. Now, of course, Retrition Plus is now here, so for evidence-based supplements that you can actually trust. Hooray! took me long enough, but it's finally there. You can go and check out retritionplus.com. And, of course, please do follow me on all social channels at Retrition and at Retrition Plus.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.